Friday, we're going to have prayer from 7 to 11, amen. And, and if you come out for an hour, come out for an hour if you can, 30 minutes. But try to make the time this week to come out and pray with us. And CJ, lower those fans for me, will you please, Neil? And come out and pray with us, church. Pray with us so, so that we can just come together and just let God do what he needs to do, amen. Because prayer, come on somebody, prayer is going to change things. Prayer is going to change things. Prayer is going to birth things. We can have all the events in the world. We can have all the programs in the world. Amen. But if we have no prayer behind it, then we're nothing. We're nothing. But prayer is, is needed. Can someone say amen? Amen. amen. I'm going to continue our series that we have. It's staying in sync with God. And I'm going to be moving on to part two. Part two is going to talk about being God-centered or self-centered. Being God-centered or being self-centered. And we talked about what the word sync means. The word sync means this, working well together in agreement and in harmony. Also means working bad together in agreement and in harmony. So in other words, if you sync yourself, if you connect yourself, if you agree with the things of God and the word of God, you, you're in harmony, you're in agreement, you flow easy. But when you're not in sync and you're in sync with this world system, then you flow really bad with these, really easy with it too. So whoever you sync yourself with. So being synced with, I talked about how we synced our phones. We synced our phones. We sync a lot of different things now in this world. And, and today, and technology has grown so big that a lot of stuff is, is you can, it's so much information out there in the internet and so much stuff going on. And, and there's so the push of a button, you can talk to somebody across. Listen to me, how weird is it that you can be on the phone and talk to somebody around the world? See, we're used to it, but really think about it. My God, or take a picture of somebody and be on your phone. We don't, but we don't think about it, but really think about it. That's, that's a trip. That's just, that's, you really just like, my God. I was, me and my wife were, were doing, looking at a, a movie, and this movie was an old, old movie. And the guy had a cell phone, which had a big old battery pack. Some of you, some of you remember, some of you drug dealers, I mean, some of you praise the Lord, some of you guys remember what I'm talking about? Big old backpack, and it had a phone on it, and he's walking, and he's talking on the phone. And we thought that was cool. And, and the bigger the phone was, the more better you thought you were. And, and I, I said, wow, technology has changed. Has changed so much over all the years. And so I, I want you to know today, one thing that has not changed, God has not changed. He's the same today, tomorrow, and forevermore. Can someone say amen? He's the same today, tomorrow, forevermore. And so, again, we need to stay in sync with God, church. We need to stay in sync with God. Uh, I talked about it's not so much about us. It's more about him. It's not what we're doing. It's what he can do through you. God wants to get you and work with you so he can get something done through you. And we're going to be talking about that right now. So if you have your Bible, show me really quick if you can. Psalms 119. Psalms 119. We're going to start with 119, verse 1. Praise the Lord. Psalms 119, verse 1. You have it? Say amen. Bible says, blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with their whole heart. I'm on the right one. Hold on. Should we go on the wrong one here? Excuse me. Yeah, blessed are the undefiled. Here we go. Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his testimony. Someone say testimony. 
testimony. We have to learn that we need to keep our testimony, walk in the way of the Lord, walk in the things of God. Now, I want you to go, go with me really quick to, to Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. Genesis 12, verse 1. When you have it, say amen. It says, Now the Lord has said to Abraham, Get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. This is what I love. The, the devil has his five, I will, I will ascend and I will do this. And I talked about here about the, what Jesus says, that God says, I will, I will show you, I will make you a great nation. Someone say great. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and I'll make your name great. Wow. And you shall be a blessing, my God. You will be a blessing. And now I will bless those who bless you. And I will curse those who curse you. And in all the families on the earth shall be blessed. Father, thank you, God, for your word. Thank you for your presence that's in this place. Lord, I pray that you would speak to us, O oh God. That you would move this morning and touch us, O oh God. And cause us to understand who you are, Father. In Jesus' name. And everybody says... Amen, amen. Again, church, we need to understand this morning is that God wants to fulfill purpose. Someone say purpose. God wants to fulfill purpose in our lives. You know, in Genesis 39, go to Genesis 39. Genesis 39, chapter 7. We're going to be using our Bibles this morning. If not, you can just look up here. Genesis 39, verse 7. 39, verse 7. Here we're going to see the story of Joseph. Now, I need you to understand that there is there is an importance of us as a church and as a family and as believers that we stay in sync with God, that we stay in agreement with the things of God, that we stay connected to the things of God. This is the reason why, because if we don't, we can miss our purpose. See, Abraham, or Abraham, Abraham went from Abraham to Abraham, which meant from father to father of many nations, who went from the seed of Abraham. The seed of Abraham was the seed of of the birth of Israel. He was the seed. He was the birth of Israel. Now, we're going to get into Joseph. Joseph, he was the one that the, it became, growth came out of it. Or it, it, because of him fulfilling his purpose and staying in sync with God, this is what I'm going to say. Israel was birth. So there was a seed and there was a birth. You with me? Now, now look very closely if you can. Genesis 39, verse 7. Now it came to pass after things, same place, that the master's wife cast long eyes on Joseph, and she said, "Lie with me, my God." But he refused and said to his master's wife, "Look, my master does not know what is with me in the house, and he has committed all he has to my hand. There is no one greater in the house than I." nor has he kept back anything from me but you, because you are his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God, my God? You got to understand here, here I need you to see something here. Here is the woman, Potiphar's wife. I love what it says here. It says that, that, that the master's wife cast long eyes. She went like this to him. You know, they got these new things, the long eyebrows, you know. Or eyelashes, eyelashes, 
Make your eyelashes bigger like that. Yeah, you know, your, your eyelashes are really like this. Ain't got no eyelashes like this. But you put this stuff on, I'm like, <laughs> so here, here, here's, here's, here's Potiphar's wife, and here's her eyelashes at him. Hi. She, her eyelashes were talking to him, I'm like, come here. Her eyelashes was, was, was she was looking at him, and she was on him day and night. The Bible says, "Come on, it's okay. Come on, it's gonna be all right." It may, it may not be Potiphar's wife sometimes doing that, but there is things that are doing that to us sometimes. The world will be weakening at you. It's okay, you deserve it. Things will come at you and grab you and try to pull you back in. Just slowly. Day and night. Imagine this day and night. Day and night, church. He, she was on him. If we are to see God accomplish his purpose through us in this world today and bring forth a revival that we long for within our lives and within our church, then we need to deny ourselves like Joseph did. Come on, somebody. We've got to deny ourselves like Joseph did. Joseph should have said, come on, let's do this. But he said, no. Someone say, no. It's okay to say no to your kids. It's not going to hurt them. They're not going to die. Church, we must have a God-centered lifestyle that glorifies God. And not self. Joseph said, I need a glorified God in my life. Myself, my selfish desires are always talking to me. Cheeseburger. Feed me. But you're fasting. But feed me anyways. No one's going to know. You don't hear me though. Amen. I know your flesh talks to you because I, when I was in the home, about 25 years ago, I was in the home and we, were, we, were, we would go, me and a guy named Furman in the men's home. We are fasting, had 24-hour fasting, fasting without asking, we would call it. We would go, we'd go to his mom's to go eat. You don't hear me, though. Because that flesh would be talking, I'll be listening. I was the home director. <laughs> that flesh would be saying, feed me. Your flesh talks to us. Our flesh talks to us all the time. Some of us, just, our flesh has different voices. Some are more intense than others. See, what would have happened to the purpose of God if Joseph would have given in to self-fleshly desires instead of looking to God, instead of being in sync with God's desires? What, 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 what would have took place? This is what it took place. Right? Listen carefully. The nation of Israel was birthed because of Joseph's obedience to the purpose of God in his life. If he would have not listened and just took off and did whatever he wanted, we wouldn't have we wouldn't have Israel. We wouldn't we wouldn't have the blessed come on the blessed Israel. We wouldn't come on somebody. Bible says you bless Israel, you be blessed. Come on somebody, we got we got to stick up for Israel. It's biblical, but something was birthed because of obedience. Something was birthed because he denied his flesh. Amen? He denied himself. Now listen, listen carefully. Just as God accomplished his purpose through Abraham, he used him as a seat for the nation of Israel, 
he fulfilled his purpose in bringing Israel to, 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 um, to flourish through Joseph's obedience. Now listen to this. Just as the focus of God's relationship was not on Abraham's walk, but on God. But rather to accomplish his purpose through Abraham. Sometimes we focus on our walk that we forget about God. You gotta listen to me. We focus on what we're doing, forgetting about what God's doing through us. I'm gonna simplify it for you right now and just say something up really quick. Some people wanna stay really busy doing nothing. Women, can you help me out really quick, women? Here you go. Listen to the men. You might not know what I'm talking about. Women, listen to women. I mean, you know, too, the thing you haven't fixed. Like, there was one thing in my house that was sitting on the floor for, I think, about what, two months, babe? Right in the floor, it was just a socket, plugged. It fell, cracked, and I was going to replace it. And I had the new one right next to it. It was right next to it. It was broken. It was sitting next to it. I, every time I seen it, I go, I'm going to change it. That's all I said. I got to change it. Then I had my bag from when I just got back from Seattle, the Fourth Fair Conference. My bag was right there in the side. Oh, man, I got to unpack my bag. And I'm going. I just, every day I get busy. I just forget about it, forget about it. And then the women, sometimes women, you get going, busy, being so busy, you start, you start cleaning the kitchen, and you forget it. You start doing some laundry, forget it. You get, and you get all day long, but you didn't accomplish what you wanted to. And so the other day, I met up a day before Father's Day, hallelujah. And I said, I'm working on Saturday. And I started, I, I did all the filters and did the lights and did the socket, did my bag, and I felt good about myself. You know, okay, she did, thank you, babe, thank you, babe. She, she felt good about myself, too. Okay, good, good. And, and I sat down there, and she goes, oh, we need to, like, oh, Jesus. But I'm, I'm telling you, sometimes we, we can get so busy doing all these weird things that we can really forget our purpose, guys. We are, we are living in a, in a time which sometimes people are most focused on all the other things but forgetting about it, keeping themselves holy before God. And God said, we need to get back to getting this temple where it belongs. Someone say God-centered. Someone say God-centered. God-centered, back in God-centered. Now, 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 this is the thing that I figured out, and, and please listen to the Lord, church. All things may be lawful and, and permitted, but not all things are beneficial and constructive. I believe much of today's Christianity is focusing on what is right and wrong or permitted rather than what is beneficial. If we truly desire a revival within ourselves, we must determine to live in the beneficial realm of God's grace rather than what's permitted in God's grace. Let me read you the scripture, 1 Corinthians 10, 23. I love what the scripture says. 10, 23. I'm going to read this, this version of this version. is very intense on my half of my Bible. This version says it's 10. All things are lawful for me, but all things are not what? Expedient or, or, or beneficial. All things are lawful for me, but all things are what? Edifying. Edify not. Now listen to this, 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 this version. I have the right to do anything, you say, but not everything is beneficial. 
I have the right to do anything, but not everything is constructive. Wow. What am I saying here? I'm saying this. Sometimes we're going to, well, I'm going to, it's okay to do this, and it's okay to do this, and it's okay. But is it beneficial? Is it benefiting you to fulfill the call of God in your life to get you to the place where God wants you to be? Like I said, I'm not where I'm at because I was the perfect one for the job. You guys know that? hope you guys know that. I'm not where I'm at today because I, I, I was like, I, I, I did everything right. No, 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 listen carefully. I, my pastor asked me one day, Edgie, I need your help. You know what I said? Okay. So I helped. One day he said, Edgie, I need your help. Okay, I helped. I needed help in nursing. I ushered. I needed help in the Sunday school. So I ushered. I was helping the Sunday school. I need help doing the sound. I did the sound. Became the sound man. That's my wife found love with me. She seen me in the sound booth. She tells when she walked into the church, the first thing she seen was me in the sound booth. She's, I'm going to marry him. I said, that's right. <laughs> so that's how you do it, guys. They found love. You see it? I'm married. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Whatever he mean, I said, I'll do it. I'm going to do it. I'm doing it unto God. I'm going to do it unto God. I'm doing it unto God. One day. He said, hey, I need you to run the home. I had a job. Working with Raymond. We are doing all the moving, all this stuff. And doing all this crazy stuff. Making decent money, good money. He was making better money than me, but I was making decent money. He was a driver. Driver, you know, driver always makes more money. And I said, okay, and I quit. Quit my job. Went to 50 bucks a month. 50 bucks a month. 50 bucks a month. Not a week. I was getting 50 bucks tips. <laughs> and I said, okay, boom, I did it. Now, listen to me what I'm saying. I had a battle which I was going to get married to my wife. We're, we're saving up for getting married. And I told her, Jesus, we got together with Pastor. He had to meet with us and he met with us. And he says, this is what I can do. And we looked at each other and said, well, I want to just do the will of God. God, what do you want to do through me? This is the question we need to ask God. What do you want to do through me, God? God, what do you want to do through me? God, what, what, whose life do you want to change? Whose life do you want to touch through me? Because God wants to use you to touch. There's people right now that need you. There's some people that only you can touch and I can never touch, but that you can touch. And you can touch and bring them to the house of God, change their lives, allow God to do what he's going to do with them so that we continue emptying out how and getting heaven full. Come on, somebody. Amen. Emptying out how and getting heaven full. And we have to understand, am I doing things that are beneficial? Am I doing things that are benefiting me? Benefiting my children? Benefiting my spouse? Or am I just doing things just to get away with things? Or what purpose does God want to give birth into your life at? Listen to what I'm saying. And, re and, and relate to his overall purpose. We here on earth before the coming of the great day of the Lord. Jesus Christ is coming back, guys. The signs are there. Come on, you got to hear me. The signs are there. They're closer than we ever have. God says, what are we going to do through you before I come back? You are a vessel, guys. You are a temple. The Bible calls you a vessel, a vessel of honor, vessel of gold, vessel of wood, or vessel of dishonor. That's how simple it is. He calls us a vessel. And I want to make sure that I fulfill my part. Somebody say my part. Amen. We fulfilled our part. We do our part. People say this. Well, you know what I'm doing? I'm not going to lose my salvation. I don't think you're going to lose your salvation, but you might miss your purpose. 
You might not lose your salvation, but you might miss your purpose. You might miss what you should have become. Some of you right now, there's some preachers here, some great teachers here, there's some great evangelists here, some great ushers. I mean, you could, there's some, so much. Come on, there is so much greatness here. There is so much greatness here. There's so much great. Don't miss it, guys. Don't miss your purpose. Don't continue getting older and older and have all these regrets. I gave my 20s, my 30s, my 40s to the Lord, and I said, Lord, I can't, I'm getting, when I get into my 50s, I just, I, I, I just can't wait. Come on, somebody, I just, I just, I want to make sure that we, uh, and I see some of you guys, when you guys were kids, and now you guys have kids, it's scary. And then, man, to see what, how you guys have progressed, see how you're growing. We almost run our third generation within our church, and I'm like, my God. We started 14 years ago, the Lord has done something great because of people fulfilling purpose. I'm going to say purpose. Come on, give the Lord a great clap offering, Amen. Okay, guys, here we go. I tell people, if you get hurt and offended, you're going you're gonna to run, you're going to hide, and you're going to devil manipulate you. But if you, get, if you get convicted, you'll repent, you get saved, and be blessed. So let's get convicted tonight. Here we go, this morning. Here we go. God-centered lives. That was, that was this intro. Now we got to get into this. God-centered life versus self-centered life. Self-centered, here we go. Life focus on self. You're focused on yourself. Oh, I got to think about me, me, me. Oh, me, 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 me. I could do a jam right now. Make a song and make millions of money right now. If, if that guy can do it, sit down, stand up. Sit down, stand up. I can do it. Be humble, be dumber. So I don't know what that song goes like. Focus, self-centered is focus. Life focus on itself. Proud of self. And self-accomplishment. So look what I've done. Look at look this is what I've done. Look at I, I, I've done this and I've done this and I did that and I self-confidence. Self everything is self-confidence. Your confidence is in yourself. Depends on self and your own abilities. I can do this. I can I don't need church. I can do this. I don't need God. I got this. Self-affirmation. In other words, you affirm yourself like, you know what, you're okay, you're okay. They're, they're, they're just hating on you. They hate you. They're all haters. That's how dumb that sounds. You're all haters. They're jealous of you. They're jealous of your body. Because I can wear this and they can't. They're jealous. No, we just don't want to see it. Leave it to give it to your husband. Don't give it to us. Men, you know, I'm talking about the men, not the women, the men. <laughs> the tight jeans, the tight shirt, not too tight. Man. I, you pick up something, <laughs> choking yourself at the waist. Got to make you laugh before I make you cry. Here we go. Seeking to be accepted to the world and its ways. Self wants to be accepted to the world. Tell me I'm okay. Tell me I'm okay. Tell me I'm fine. Because if you guys don't, tell me I'm okay. One, 
affirmation from the world. You want the world to tell you you're okay. You're not okay. Looking at circumstances from a human perspective. Yes, we're human. We're of this world, but we're not what? Of this world. But these, this is, we look at these in human perspective. Well, you know, well, I got to work. Well, everybody's got to work. Got to provide. If you don't provide, you're infidel. Infidelity. Perspective can always get you in trouble. You know that? How many times you got yourself in trouble? And I'm not doing the karate stand. This, I can put my other foot up and I'll fall. Human, stance, human perspective can always get you in trouble. Number one. One more. Selfish living. Well, I deserve this. and I deserve time off. You know, some got time off and never got time back in. Self, listen to this, this is going to like, help you out right here. Self, is a, this is a trap. Self-centeredness is a trap, guys. This is why. Because it makes sense. It makes sense to focus on yourself. Well, if I'm not, who's going to do it? <laughs> you you got it. You, 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 oh, man, I like this. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go. You can avoid it at one time. You can avoid it, but then fall right back into it another time. You can avoid being self-centered, or you can like, ah, avoid it, but then catch you another time. God-centered living requirements is a daily death to self. And submission to God. Come on, somebody. Come on, give the Lord a great clap off. Let's, let's listen to what I'm saying. Is 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 the perspective and selfishness. You look at a human perspective, it makes sense. It makes sense. Only God can judge me. Come on, I ain't Tupac. Stop it. Let me give you God centered. Can I give you, you God centered? Here we go, God centered now. We know what's self centered. Let me give you God centered. I'm going to tell you why. This, I live like this. I live like this, and I got saved, and I thought this, you know, hey, amen. You know, let's we got to take care of ourselves, man. Come on, we need to take care of ourselves. No one cares about us, no, only we do. Here we go, God centered. God centered, listen. Self-centered, life focuses on self. God-centered, confidence in God. Confidence is in God. God, hey, God, uh, you got this, right? Because I'm trusting you. Remember last time we did the faithful? Come and do the faithful with me again. Just kidding, Josh. Remember, Josh, I wasn't even looking. He was already falling. Oh, wait, wait, hold on. He had faith, but he believed. I, you got my back, Master. Everybody else, was, every, in all the 20 years, everybody's like, Slowly didn't want to do it. And he just came over, he went, and I looked at him, I looked like, what well, now? He would have bounced off the floor. 
See the video. It's right. It's on, it's on, it's on Facebook. Again, if you're missing this, you can watch it on podcast. Get a podcast. Like us on Facebook, guys. On Instagram. Stay updated, guys. Like I said, the technology is right there. Don't say you didn't know. Because then you're on Facebook all the time. It shows the green light of you on. <laughs> you're in sync. So, there's Facebook, Living Word of Inland Empire, one of those. What's other? Yeah. Like us. We got you guys. We got you covered. All the events, everything taking place. We will give you recaps, pictures, everything. Amanda, Amanda does a great job. Give Amanda a great clap offering. She does all that. So when it goes great, you clap on it. When it goes bad, you talk to her. You know, here you go. There you go. Church, uh, here we go, another one. Life, God-centered life focuses on God and his activities. Like we have activities coming up. Where I'm going to put my kids into a summer splash. The kids things. I'm going to put myself in a revival. We got revival coming up. Come on, somebody. We have revival coming up. Somebody might know what revival is. Revival is three days. We come out three days and we just give everything to God. This pastor is coming from Texas. Good friend of mine. He's coming out. Man, he's he got a great word. Amen. African-American guy. He, he, he's come on. He's got a great word. You, you, you will not be disappointed. You, I'm telling you, you're going to love it, man. He's a good friend of mine. He, 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 this guy is tremendous. You, 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 will, you will not. I'm telling you. I'm, I'm, I can't wait for him to come because I want to just sit down for three days and hear preaching myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm excited for it. Amen. So it'll be, it's going to come on somebody. So it's coming up. When is this, Peter? What? July 15, 16, and 17, which, which is Mon uh, Sunday and Monday and Tuesday. is going to be a tremendous time. So I'm just excited for that. I, I'm really, I'm, uh, we'll be posting it up after service, all the information. Okay, here goes another one, number four, fourth one. Humble before God. God's honor is humble before God. It's humble. Bible says to put on humility. You have to put it on because nobody wants to walk around humble. Everybody wants to be grumpy and frustrated and mad. But if you, some say put it on. When you're God's honor, you put it on. I, I put it on all the time. Man, I can, I, 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 look it, I can be a fool. I can be as bad as you guys. I mean, praise the Lord, bad as some people. <laughs> but I walk around laughing at people sometimes. I, <laughs> because I used to walk around with the frown all the time. I used to walk around like this. Feels weird. But I used to walk around with the mat all the time. Someone told me, someone told me you really want to see you? Just smile. Turn this picture upside down. That was cold. So I had to start smiling and, and, and like, and, and so I'm telling you, humble yourself. Humble yourself. A self-centered life, a God-centered life, a God-centered life is humble before God. Here we go, another one. Denying self, you deny yourself. Not only are you humble, but do you deny yourself. You, you, you want to say something, you go, tu callete. I told my pastor, pastor, why is everybody so mean, Pastor. Why is everybody so mean? He's so edgy. Here's a big piece of chapstick right here. All the butt kissing you're going to have to do. That's going to get chapped. You're going to have to smile. And you're going to have to just be nice. And I said, but pastor, he says, I pass the mantle to you. <laughs> 
And I have. And I just been like, he told me, Edgy, put out fires, don't start fires. Okay, Pastor. Oh. <laughs> Here goes another one. I love this one. Seeking first the kingdom of God and his what? Righteousness. Come on. And, and, and his righteousness. When, when, when you stay in sync with God, you're seeking him. You're seeking the things of God. His righteousness, what's going to benefit you. Come on, somebody. And not what's, what's okay or, you know, it, there's nothing wrong in doing this. No, no, no. It's, it's, you want to benefit yourself. Church, when you are God-centered and when you seek the Lord, man, all this stuff begins to fall. Let me give, let me give you one more. Let me give you one more. Seek God's perspective in every circumstance. Seek God's perspective. People tell me, well, Pastor, they, somebody wants counseling for you. They, 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 oh, they just, their first day here at church, they don't even know God, but they want counseling. And I tell them, I, my perspective is going to be trust God. Give everything to God. They're not going to understand that. They're going to they're want a counseling. Uh, human, human common sense. Human circumstances. I can't give it to you. I, I, my counseling is going to be the word of God. Come on, somebody. It's going to be trust God. Trust his word. Pray. Seek the Lord. It's going to work out if you want it to. If you don't want it to, then stay the way you are. But if you want it to work out, Amen. obey the word. Amen. Seek God. Come on, somebody. Amen. Seek the word of God. Trust the word of God. So seek, seek God's perspective in everything. Like, as great, that greatest saint, what would Jesus do? It's true. What would Jesus do? He's watching you every time you think he's not. He's watching everything. He sees everything. He sees when we deny him. He sees when we, we disobey him. He sees when we're self-centered. And he also sees when we're obedient, when we're listening, when we're working everything out, when we have confidence, when we're humble. He sees all that because God sees everything. He says, I want to work my purpose through you. Someone say, through me. Wow. Wow. Church. This is what I love right here. The question is... Lifestyles. Someone say lifestyles. The question, simple question is lifestyles. Lifestyles based on God-centered or self-centered. That's it is. We can love God and still be self-centered. We can love God all we want, and have, and I, I don't, I don't, I don't take from the, from from you. We loving God. We love God, but sometimes we miss the mark of our lives. Amen. There's times I wanted to run for my purpose. I'm not, I'm, I know I'm not the only one. Anyone here want to run from God? Anybody here? Okay, that, the rest of you guys are lying. Praise If you ain't want, want to run, come and talk to me, man. I'll, make you, I'll send you out. I'll go pastor a church. Come on. But I wanted to run. Then God says, where are you going to go? Are you going to go in a circle? Are you going to be back with me again? All right. And then I tell him, God, you know I don't like to run, so I'm not running from you. I'll walk fast, but I'm not going to run. <laughs> Church, listen to this. When God started to do something in the world, he takes the initiative to come and talk to somebody. Wow. Listen. For some divine reason, he has chosen to involve his people to accomplish his purpose. This is why I'm saying this. Every time God was about to do something, he always talked to somebody first. Hmm. When God was about to, to do, when he, what was God about to do when he came to Noah? Before he asked him to build the ark, 
He was going to flood the earth. So if Noah would have never built the ark, but before he flooded, he talked to a person and gave him purpose. Richard, stand right here. What was God about to do to Sodom and Gomorrah when he came to Abraham? What was he going to do? Destroy it. Somebody give some seven six. What was God about to do when he came to Gideon? He was about to deliver the Israelites from oppression from the Mennonites. What was God about to do when he came to Saul or Paul on the road to Damascus? He was getting ready to release the gospel and start church. Come on, somebody, and bring through the Gentile, through the Gentile generation. Look at this. One man. See, we think we're, 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 oh, we're just, I'm just one, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just a man, I'm just a woman. Amanda, stand next to Amanda one more. Thank you. Hold on. Go, go stay. Karina, stand here, Karina. I need a girl. Come here, Karina. <laughs> if Mary, who was God about to do to the world to bring a Savior, who do you talk to? Mary. Maria. But look, Kubi, but look. Look at, look, look, at the, look at the different generations. Look at what happened. Noah. God, you're strong, brother. You're strong. Hercules, Hercules. <laughs> look at Noah. Hey, you're not crazy. But I need you to build me a boat. An ark. This big, this wide, this, that, that, that. This, this, you know, all the animals on this. I'm on, look at, I'm on, it's not two by two, not only two by two. They come into it, but it's more than that because I need to sacrifice two. Some people just think it was, you know, there was more than two animals. We get into that later on. But he had to either self-centered, God-centered, purpose, because he did. We're here today. Who's this guy right here? Who's this? Who did I say he was? Guess we got it already, huh? <laughs> when Sodom and Gomorrah, Abraham, Abraham, I'm going to kill, destroy Sodom and Gomorrah because they are nasty. Foul generation. Craziness going on. All this stuff is happening. And he goes, well, this, it's just like, you know, and he starts crying out for Son of Gomorrah. He goes and he rescues Lot and the family. Come on, somebody. You got to sound what I'm saying. Here, God rescuing the whole nation, all the people. Here, God rescuing families. 
your life can rescue families, can rescue cities, can rescue nations. Oh, my God. Gideon was crying in the wind. I've been a warrior. No one loves me. I don't care. Mighty man. Calls him a mighty man when he's acting like a mighty mouse. <laughs> My brother-in-law. And, and he goes and he rescues him. And they all do a great job, do a great work. Now we're going to the Apostle Paul. Well, actually, I look like a handsome guy right here. Boy, that's a handsome boy right here, boy. He says, hey, psycho. Been killing my people, man. <laughs> Knocks him off his animal, falls to the ground, blinds him. And he says, Who is this, Lord? What are you doing? And crying out to God, and, and why do you kick against this? And all this stuff happens. And God says, I want you to go to Ananias. He's going to take those scales off, and you can believe, and you can see the great things. Because I'm going to do something great through you. Come on, son, I'm going to do something great through you. Through him, churches were birthed. More than half of the Old Testament, New Testament was written through the Apostle Paul. Imagine he was in Africa, get this. They still kill him. Just kill everybody. But he said, no. Don't say purpose. Purpose. Now we go to Santa Maria. Santa Maria. <laughs> this is my sister. My sister, my blood sister. She's dark. She's a nice sister. sister. Oh, you're older than me, huh? <laughs> My bad. There's Mary. But I said, oh, but no, I can't do this because I'm going to get married. And if I, if I do this, he's going to leave me and he's going to take off and, and I'm going to be, I'm going to be shunned and no one's going to talk to me. But you're going to carry a king and a great this. And she, and she, and she listens to God. And all of a sudden, God does something great through Jesus, a savior that rescues us all. Come on, somebody. Someone say purpose. Thank you. Give them a great clap offering. Come on. Amen. This is what I want you to see, guys. 2 Timothy 1.9. Let me close. 2 Timothy 1.9. Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling. There's a holy calling on your life. Not according to our works. But according to his own purpose, someone said his purpose, and grace, which was given to us in Jesus Christ before time began. God already knew. God knows what he wants to do with you. But you haven't seen it yet, and you don't understand it sometimes. But God wants to do something with you, and he says, I got you covered. I got you. I got you. You're trying to figure it out all. But God said, no, you were perfect where you were supposed to be. You need to get back where you need to be where you can see the purpose. Church, I don't feel like shouting young at you because it ain't going to help you right now. I want you to listen to this. What is God about to do in your marriage? What's God about to do with your children? What is the what does God want to do with your life, with your business, with your church, with your ministry? Make it from self-centered to God-centered. Oh, come on, somebody. Take it from God-centered to self-centered. Oh, take it from self-centered, excuse me, to God-centered. 
Come on, give the Lord a clap. I'm going to clap. Let's clap, church. You see, sometimes people say, I will respond. <laughs> but I'm too young or I'm too old. We always have excuses. God says, get rid of that excuse. Because you have a holy calling. Come on, somebody, because you have a holy calling. In John 4.35, John 4.35 says this. Do you not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the field. For there are already white for harvest. My God. I want you to look around. I want you to look around. You're saying, well, here's what he's saying. Church, look what we have. Our church burned two years ago, almost two and a half years ago. We lost everything. We lost everything. We were in a, in a, in a, at the Marriott. We lost everything we had. And we were at the Marriott. And we began to have church and get a hold of God. Some of you might not know what time we were over there. And, and from there, we, God gave us this location. And, and we've been, come on, somebody. We can't forget what God has done. God's saying, take a look around, man. There's a lot of work that needs to be done. There's a lot of work. There's a lot of more leaders and workers that are going to rise and fulfill their calling and their purpose. Amen. He told them, let's get ready here. The harvest is here, church. The harvest is here. It's here. Come on, somebody. It's here. Come on. It's here. I'm telling you, it's here. See, I'm going to give you something really simple to help you out today. I'm closing with this. When we are truly living God-centered lives, rather than self-centered lives, we find ourselves in the right position to be used by God. Come on, somebody. For the kingdom's purpose. Someone say the kingdom purpose. God has purpose all around us. There's purpose all around us. There's purpose here. Someone say purpose. In our field of labor, every day of which he is waiting for us to be used. He said, I want to use your life. Look around. There is need. Come on, somebody. There is need. There is need. There is need in God's house. Sometimes we see people working and we think, oh, they don't need us. Yeah, we need you. Come on, it's not just, it's not a one-man show. I cannot do it myself. Imagine one day that we come in and we just have all the volunteers just sit down in church. Imagine all the volunteers, all the workers and laborers just sit down all in church. There's like, there's like 86 people working to 100 almost working every service. They're out there working with their kids and every part of the ministry. Imagine if they would all just come and sit. Imagine one service, we just come and just sit everybody together and be like, where do I drop my kids off? I don't know. Where do I pay my tithes? I don't know. Go do it yourself. Where's the worship team? I don't know. Come and do it yourself. Who's preaching? I don't know. You preach yourself. Who's going to put the words up? I don't know. You put them up. Who's going to turn the lights on? I don't know. Who's going to open the door? I don't know. Who's going to lead worship? You can do it again. Come on, somebody. It takes a lot of work. 
And the more that we fulfill our purpose, the more we can rescue people. I remember I came into church. Look at I'll tell you this morning. I came in tired. I came in not feeling too good. And when the worship took off, when Amber started taking off the first service, the first song, oh, she brought me in. I'm like, oh, thank you. I'm like, ooh. I blocked everything else out. Blocked everybody else out. Blocked up things that weren't done, stuff that I just blocked it out. I'm like, oh, praise them. I just laughed and I was like, oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, this feels good. Keep on worshiping. Yes, yes, yes. And then she started talking back to us and telling me, okay, I'm like, okay, 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 I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do it with my hands. Okay, 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 tell me, say, okay, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. She was telling me what to do, so that was easy for me. I was okay, okay. When we do our purpose, man, it feels so good. When the father's the father of the house, doesn't it feel good? But it's not the mom. My mom's not playing daddy. She might have the beard for it, but she don't have everything else for it. But when the dad's doing his part and mom's doing her part, also good. The pattern in scriptures is that we submit ourselves to God. Here's it go. I'm gonna give you this right here. Take this, write this down. Listen to this. The pattern in scripture is that we submit ourselves to God and allow him to reveal to us what he's about to do in our field or in our labor. We watch and see what God is doing around us and join him in the process. That's what scripture is. Scripture is, listen to me, the scripture is, is that we submit ourselves to God and that God will reveal things to us in his word and we're listening, oh yeah, okay, okay, okay. And then we just join in. Come on somebody, we just join in and we just go for it. But if we're waiting for my voice from heaven, my son, you with the two dimples, with the pigeon toe walk, you be my usher. <laughs> and not, and, and when it happens, thank you, Jesus. But when it doesn't, you get, what was that game where, where you, you jump, you jump, like hopscotch? Was, or what's it called? Yeah, hopscotch? Or double dutch? Somebody, you you better get ready. Okay, I'm in. Let's do this. But we got to jump in. Or you stay all day. My arm hurts. Come on, next. What is God about to do? God's about to bring revival. He said, my people, he's like, God's, God's about to bring it on. No, we're in revival. Come on. We are revived. We're not the same no more. He said, jump in. Refresh yourself. Come on, stand with me, church. Stand with me, church. Church, God's people, God's servants, when we are seek with God, we long for God, we long to do the will of God, the purpose of God. All of us, our flesh has lied to us and has told us, take time, relax, kick back, they don't need you. And then you see somebody take your place and they're like, see, they don't need you. Listen, you're needed. You can touch a realm of people that only you can touch. 
Abraham couldn't do Noah's job. Paul couldn't do Abraham's job. Everybody was designed for a purpose. All of us, when we fall into our purpose, God says, that's my boy. That's my girl. You're, you're, you're full of purpose. Let's do this. And the rest will come. The rest will come. When I became a pastor, I didn't know how to preach. When they asked me to preach, I didn't know how to preach. Still don't. <laughs> I just listen to God. I tell people, I ain't, I, ain't the, I, ain't, I ain't the best one, but I'm the best you ever hear. Here we go. Here we go. I'm just kidding. This is what I'm saying. You can make a difference. You need to understand that you can make a difference. Tell your neighbor, you can make a difference. That's why God said, you, I need you in my kingdom. That's why I saved you. Because through you, through you, I'm going to do great things. Through you, come on, through you, through you, through you, through you. Every head bowed, every eye closed. We're going to have to die daily. Die to our flesh, die to ourselves daily. And say, I refuse to give in to myself. But today, I choose today to give in to God. To give in to God's purpose. To give in to, to, give in to the call of God. I give, I give myself to salvation. Maybe you hear this morning say, Pastor, I, I, I don't know this Jesus. I, this is my first time in church. I, I, don't, I don't know Jesus Christ. I don't know this Savior that you've been talking about. But I, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to I I give my life to Jesus. If you're here today, you say, I want to give my life to Jesus. If that's you this morning, just lift up your hand. I want to pray with you. Anyone here? God bless you. God bless you. Let's see that hand. Anyone else? Maybe you're here this morning saying, Pastor, I've fallen away. I, I drifted away. And I need to come back. I need, I, need, I, need, I need to come back to the things of God. I need to come back. Let me tell you, Jesus is not mad at you. God's not mad at you. He's not mad at you. He's been waiting for you. He's got, he's got a robe and a ring, and he's saying, my son, my daughter, I've been waiting for this moment. Waiting for the moment you just come back so we can kill the fattest calf and have a party for you. He's saying, come back to my grace and my mercy. If that's you this morning, lift up your hand. I want to pray with you this morning. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God sees those hands. God bless you. God bless you. Maybe you're also here this morning saying, Pastor, I know I'm called. People tell me all the time that I'm called. and I know I have a calling, but I haven't been in sync with that calling. I haven't been listening to that calling. I know I can do, I know I can preach. I know I can teach. I, I know I can usher. I know I can teach. I know I can help. I, I, I know I can do these things, but I haven't been doing them. And I need to come to that place where I said, okay, God, it's for you. I'm doing it for you, God. I need to come back and let my life be changed through you. If that's you this morning, God spoke to you. You lifted up your hand for salvation, for prayer, and for restoration. And because God spoke to you this morning, I want you to come right now. Make your way. Make your way at the altar. The altars are open. Come on, make your way. Make your way. Make your way. Make your way. This is your time. This is your time. Make your way. Come, hands. We're over here. Hands come over here. Come. Come on. Make your way. Make your way. God is saying, now is your time. Now is your time. Hallelujah. Just find a place. Find a place for Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. 
Hallelujah. Say, nah. Maybe you're off there saying, Pastor, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Well, come to the altar and find a calling. Find something you can jump into. God. Let God show you. You look around and say, okay, I can do that. I can help there. I can help here. Maybe you're blind and you can't see. God said, I'll, I'll use you. You can't see, but God said, let me show you. Let me show you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. You lifted your hands for salvation, for restoration. I want you to repeat this after me. Say, Jesus, wash me with your precious blood. Forgive me of all my sins. Come into my heart and make me new. Thank you for forgiving me of all my sins. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a great clap offering. We are not done. Just stay where you're at. We're going to pray with you. For those that have said that prayer, your life has been changed. You've been, you've been set free. Amen. Uh, you've been forgiven. Come on, somebody. This is a fresh start, a new start. Now our job is to stay plugged into church. Read your word. Find a place you can plug into. Stay away from all the bad stuff. Connect yourself to the things of God and let God use your life to the fullest because he loves you and he cares for you. Right, you stay where you're at. We're going to pray with you. As, as my altar workers help me, we're going to pray.